Get your gear ready. This is a Sherpa's Guide to Innovation. Happy Holidays! It's a Sherpa's Guide to Innovation, a podcast dedicated to guiding you along your innovation expedition. I'm here in the studio with Jay Gerhardt. Happy Holidays, Ben. Happy Holidays. Well, we are 33 episodes into our podcast, and it's December 2018. It's the end of the year for many faith traditions. It's an important time for reflection. Jay, what are your reflections on our podcast from this past year? Well, I think the first thing is it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun doing this with you and the team. We've been able to have a lot of great guests, you know, some that we really set out for and some that were unexpected, like a Jake Knapp. So uh, we've had some really great guests, and I love the fact that we've been able to get the whole innovation team uh, into this podcast, cover a really wide range of topics. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a ton of fun. So, Jay, what can our listeners expect from this Highlights episode? Well, one, it'll be shorter. (laughs) Nice and short. Everyone's busy over the holidays, so we'll give you a little bit of time back. And I guess as an established podcast with 33 episodes now, we can actually recycle content to make new episodes without making new content. You'll get that next year. So we're just going to give you some clips of a minute or two of some highlights that we think captures kind of the range of this discussions we've had on the podcast, some of the different topics, a few of the great guests, and a few of the really smart things that folks from the Innovation Engine say. So we hope this will be useful. If you're an existing listener, it'll be a good look back. You can have a nostalgic moment with the Sherpas. Or if you're a new listener, it gives you an idea of what the podcast is all about. Awesome. And after reviewing many of these episodes, we're more bullish than ever about their relevancy. And we really believe that they provide helpful perspectives and, and insights that people can take back with them in their work. And so we'd encourage you to to go back and take a listen to some episodes, share them with a friend, and uh, hope you continue listening in 2019. Netflix is not the only thing to binge on. You can binge on the <laughs> Sherpas too. So to get us going, we'll have a little bit of fun. You you know, we like to have fun on the show. And one of our favorite things are the intros that Ben comes up with. So we're going to give you a little string of memorable Ben intros. Enjoy. For the Witch Supply, admit me, Ben Tingey, host to this episode. Who, prologue-like, your humble patience ask. Gently to hear, kindly to judge, our podcast. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Ben Tingey is the name. Sherpa podcast host is the game. The voice you're hearing is that of Ben Tingey, your host. This is Ben Tingey, Sherpa host extraordinaire. It is I, Ben Tingey, your host Sherpa for today. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to A Sherpa's Guide to Innovation. C'est moi, Ben Tingey, your host. So, to our listeners in the Netherlands, we say, Hunten. To our listeners in Egypt, we say marhaven in Spain. Amigos, mil gracias por escuchar. Uh, our friends in the Czech Republic, Nazdar in Malaysia, Terima Kase uh, in Norway, Ilsener and Belgium. This one, this is the hardest one for me to say. Uh, and finally, our Canadian friends. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Today we might wax a little philosophical. 
Welcome to the jungle! It's a Sherpa's Guide to Innovation. Today I will channel my inner Guy Raz, and in the spirit of how I built this, I'm Ben Tingey, co-founder of the Tingey family, an investor in the Atrium Health Employee 401k. Just trying to do my best Reed Hoffman Masters of Scale impression. Hi, Jay. Ben, how are you? Ah, uh, just so-so. Welcome to a Sherpa's Guide to Innovation, episode 30. This is your Sherpa okay. host, time Jay. Out. Time out, yeah. time out. Good gravy, Jay. You go to California, you give away a bunch of pink socks, and you come back thinking you own the place. I'm sorry, Ben. I overstepped. All right, let, let me handle this, okay? In episode 24, we talked with Zaina Kayat, future strategist with SE Health. She's renowned internationally for her great presentations about the future of healthcare. So we got a short clip on the words she uses to describe where healthcare is going. And then she talks about storytelling and innovation, which is really a current interest of our group. So these are the kind of words I'd use uh, in terms of where healthcare is going. And it's frankly, isn't there, it's there today in pockets. It's just, it, this will be the dominant experience. It'll be proactive, predictive, hyper-personalized, digital, so the seamless interplay of digital and physical, decentralized, continuous, integrated. It'll be people-powered instead of physician-driven, and it'll be value-based, so a real shift in business model around value instead of uh, being activity-based. Those are my guiding posts that drive really the work we do. If you have an innovation team of whatever sort, center, unit, organization, office, whatever, uh, engine, um, I would be budgeting about 10% of your capacity for just communication. Right? This is not a nice thing on the side. It is core to your value proposition that you are not only um, – really elegantly explaining who you are, what you do, why you do it, how you do it over and over and over again, both internally at senior management, at the board and externally. But then the next level is your thought leadership because you do need to you know, guide along the rest of your organization to the future. And you better be acid clear about what that future looks like uh, and stay on top of that and have powerful language supported by visuals, supported by a very compelling, passionate delivery style uh, to be able to get everyone locked in on that same normative view of where the world is going. And now we'll hear from Innovation Engine Sherpas Michael Johnson and Lindsay Denault in episode 20 after they attended the health conference. What's interesting about this clip is that they referenced David Feinberg, who recently moved to Google, now leading their healthcare team, but at the time of the conference was CEO of Geisinger Health System. Michael, what blew your mind at the health conference? There were a lot of things, but there was one that really stuck out to me. It was the presentation that Dr. Feinberg at Geisinger had had done. 
He said a lot of things that made a lot of sense. One of the things that was probably the most, after he said it, I had to check Twitter to make sure that I hear that right because he says, you know, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I usually get in trouble for saying this, and that's when you perk up. He said, if I do my job right, then we'll be you know, closing half of the hospitals that I have, and that's my job. And so, so you kind of hear that, and you're thinking, wow, this guy is really living in the future and knowing where he needs to go. And he also pointed to other things with social determinants of health, stuff that really resonates. So that presenter was a big... Big, um, a big highlight for me. I think from a broad system-wide perspective, Dr. Feinberg was incredible and was on just a totally different level as far as his vision for health systems and their role in healthcare and the examples that he gave as far as uh, genomics and how they're rolling that out to every patient, just like a mammography or a colonoscopy and using chatbots to help them scale the genetic counseling component. I think that was the first time we had heard using genomics and then also the AI to support it at scale. That was incredible. And then they talked about food deserts and food for people who have diabetes. Instead of just giving them a medicine, can we put the whole family on a healthy food or fresh food diet? And what they found in a small pilot was you know huge decreases in hemoglobin A1C. And so now they're rolling that out. And they talked about transforming their pharmacies into something that looks more like whole foods. So that was just totally different than anything that we had heard, I think, anywhere else. And then a lot of folks talk about free transportation for folks to get to hospitals, but they went above and beyond and took it that next level. And we're talking about giving people in their health plan free transportation anywhere to a friend's house, to church, because they were taking it beyond just access and taking it to tackling loneliness. So I think he was he was just incredible to listen to. I think it was really energizing hearing him. One last point about him. He, he said, he said, I don't know why we're talking about pharmacy costs here. That's the wrong. I'm paraphrasing, but he said, look, to, to Lindsay's point, he's like, you know, we know that medication will drop your hemoglobin A1C by one point, but we do carrots and quinoa and it drops it by 2.5. And so it's, let's first address why we're doing medications in the first place. And so shifting the conversation from controlling costs to saying, look, do we really need to do that anyways? And so, I mean, that was just one example of really, let's think about this whole thing differently. In episode 22, our very own Elizabeth Benfield Watson teamed up with David Phillips of Faster Glass to talk about design thinking in the wild. And I just love this story that Elizabeth tells about applying design thinking to memory care. We brought people together for a design session and the groups all came up with some ideas around like a web portal. So we spent some time developing some prototypes and then we went back to patients and family members and they're like, yeah, this is great. But if my doctor gave me this right after I was diagnosed or right after a family member was diagnosed, I wouldn't feel great about that. What I really want is something that I can leave the office with in my hands. We sort of went back to the drawing board and then we did, we made like a book and a website. And again, we went back and we were talking to groups and they're like, yeah, this website's great, but we love this book. We love this teal bag that you put it in. This makes me feel special to have this. So we ended up scrapping the website, which I think is smart because there are lots of really great websites out there already for people who are um, diagnosed or caring for someone with dementia. And we really focused on how do we use a booklet, which doesn't sound that innovative, but how do we put the information that people really need to connect with the resources locally? And so we came up with this booklet and it's 
I, I'm sort of ashamed because I think people hear innovation and they think we're like doing everything with like bots and blockchain drones, and blockchain. Yeah, right. But it was really a booklet and a bag that that people and physicians and patients and family members have really connected with. Like you have to be able to let go of what you think it is you want and really get to the core of the thing that you're trying to design. And the thing was the connection. It wasn't the website or the book or a text message or anything. It was how do we provide the connection in the way that people actually want to have it. Yeah. Fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> Ten points. Using this process, using these tools, the output itself may not be something, quote, innovative, but if the process allows you and enables you and equips you to think differently about the the work itself and the process, it may allow you to get to a better decision, regardless of that output or that decision is innovative or not. In episode 26, we talked to our jobs-to-be-done sensei, Bob Mesta, But we didn't focus so much on jobs to be done in this episode. We talked about his emerging work in five skills of innovators. And in this clip, he talks about how you navigate different perspectives through time and space. So I worked with a a woman at Ford, one of my first bosses, her name was Willie Moore. And she was a PhD in particle physics and uh, plastics. And she was just phenomenally smart. Yet if I look through the innovators I've worked with over and over again and where it's been successful, they have this very unique ability to have perspectives. And it's multiple perspectives, and there's not a right perspective, but it's more they can see it from different different vantage points. And so she used to always talk about the notion of, like, how do I understand? So, so uh, we would be working on injection molding, and she'd say, like, how do you become a, a molecule and understand, one, how you're made, how you shipped, and then how do you go in the injection molding machine, and then you're heat up, and then you're actually pressed into a mold, and then you're basically into a new shape, and then you get combined with this other thing. Like, how do you actually think about this from, you know, go through time and space to understand what happens to you as a molecule? And so to me, it's this aspect of, of whether you're writing software or whether you're, you're trying to build a new uh, system for, for hospitals. It's like, how do I take the perspective of the patient? How do I take the perspective of the surgeon? How do I take the perspective of the nurse? How do I actually see what happens through space and time? And how are they moving? How are they getting to the, the OR? And how, what happens in the OR? And what happens after the OR? And being able to see people through time and space and, and really good innovators can do this very empathetically, like so not just functionally, not just step one, step two, step three, step four, but how do how do different people feel at different points in time and where are the emotional moments and where are the social moments in the through space and time? Our team is inspired by the work of Clay Christensen, so it was an inspiration for us to learn from Bob Mesta about his friendship and interactions with Clay. The thing that I would say most about Clay is Clay is somebody who wants to help all the time, right? And so he's he's one that loves deep questions and likes to think hard about things. And so the the, the hardest part is Clay also doesn't like to he doesn't like to give up and he doesn't like to uh, he doesn't like conflict. And so he's trying to always kind of figure out how to put everything together. So being a being a academic, he's always trying to see things from the biggest picture to help the most people. Which is a which is just a very few people are uh, blessed to be able to want to think at that level, but to be in a position to influence the world at that level. This next clip features Professor Derek Van Beaver of the Harvard Business School in episode nineteen, and Summers and I were particularly excited to learn from him about 
his insights and scanning for disruption and that it validated some of our own efforts. You know how on the back of 18-wheeled trucks, there's a sign that says, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. I think I think that disruption works that way, that disruptors approach in your blind spots. You know, they they know your mirrors. They know where they are. They know your business model because they're taking advantage of its gaps. So disruptors approach in your blind spots until it's too late and then they overtake you. That's in fancy language what asymmetric motivation means in this context. So being really clear, you know, what are the assumptions that we are baked into our business model about customers, competitors, technology? What are the assumptions that we believe so deeply that it's not even cool to raise them anymore because they're so automatic? What are our blind spots? And then how do I build a monitoring system to see if anybody is approaching in those blind spots? That's a really powerful job. Uh, that the innovator can take on that helps not only strengthen your current business model, but also help you understand when you actually need to go out and um, create a new. And with that, we bring 2018 to a close, but we'll be back in January with new episodes, won't we, Jay? We will. And what we we would love for 2019 is for people to engage with us, reach out to us, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, medium, any of those ways, reach out to us, suggest a topic, a guest, or even if you just totally disagreed with something I said or someone said on the episode and you think we're crazy, let us know. We'd love to have a a conversation, keep it going and get ideas for, for future episodes. Yeah. Well, to our listeners, thank you for listening. With gratitude, we conclude the year. May your days be merry and disruptive. We wish you a wonderful holiday filled with friends, family, and good health. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. But really, it's uh, your team and your model that I've been learning a lot from and taking inspiration from. So you really are the leaders in the field that uh, the rest of us are learning from. And, uh, and this podcast just solidifies that leadership. that you want jo- <laughs> okay Jay what have been some of your reflections and and thoughts uh, not loving that I thought that was good to start with it was getting there and then it's like um, it's the post launch <coughs> yeah fog this is Ben Tingy. adieu adieu to you and you and you <laughs> Nice. That was awesome. That felt a lot better. Yeah. (laughs) That was really good.